This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. So welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. I definitely have a special guest uh, today. I'm excited to have her on. I have Colleen Klimzak, and uh, she's going to join me, and we're going to talk about some organizational skills in the workplace and even personally. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm, we had to delay this a bit, but uh, we're back stronger than ever. Yeah. So We're here. We're here. Thank so you. can you give our audience a little bit of background on you and introduction? Sure. Um, so my name is Colleen Klimzak. I am a certified professional organizer. So I have been an organizer for 19 years this past June. 19 years. That's crazy. That is uh, older than my youngest child. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm a member of NAPO, which is the National Association of Professional Organizers. Uh, it's napo.net. And there's also a Chicago chapter of NAPO, and which I'm also a member of. And um I've been a certified professional organizer almost as long as they've had such a thing. Um, so I actually did have to read a lot and study up. There's a, a body of knowledge that organizers should have, no matter what their specialties might be. And um, what I like best about being a CPO is that I have to maintain that. So it's not get in and then don't learn anything more to help your clients um, ever after. So I still have to get like professional development and learn uh, CEUs, continuing ed and things like that. So um, so I'm proud to be that and I'm also proud to continue to learn. Um, so uh, that's my background. My specialties are residential and small business organizing. I do in-person organizing, I do virtual organizing, uh, I do virtual organizational coaching, and then I also do presentations, which is how I met Butch yes, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. You looked it up. Yeah, yes, I did. Time flies. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought it was longer than that. but uh, Well, that's uh, when I published the article based on the, yeah. the speech that I gave. Well, so. that, well, at least it's a better time frame than I, than I have. So why would somebody look and seek out a professional organizer? Um, I do get that question. I get it less now. I used to, when I first started out, I knew about the industry, but I really had to educate people on the industry in addition to just about me. Um, so when I needed insurance, I called my buddy Butch, right? So I had business insurance through a company that NAPO had coordinated with, and it was good, but I wanted... Um, I wanted different and I wanted better and I wanted local. And so I called my expert and my expert is Butch. So uh, there are plenty of organized people out there and there are people that are probably more organized than me. I am okay with that. I own that. But I uh, come with 10 different solutions to a problem. And as an organizer, I'm attached to absolutely none of them. So it is up to me to know, you know, 10 different ways to solve a problem, or uh, I know the questions of asking somebody about their industry or about their learning style, or, um, and that's where that coaching comes in. Uh, so there's lots of organized people out there, but they might not be professional organizers. So for me, it's really going in and helping my clients find the best solutions for them. I, like I said, I'm not attached to the answers. So we can help the client find the best solution for themselves. 
When you say it that way, is that because some of the roadblocks that people run into is because they're attached to certain things or certain habits? Well, I mean, people are attached to things, like actual things. And I spend a lot of time helping people part with their things that have no longer served them. Um, But absolutely. So especially with the organizational coaching, we often ask, um, you know, habits that aren't serving you or are serving you, um, you know, this time of year. I consider this time of year the new year mm-hmm. with better weather. I think yes. I put that in yes. my newsletter this yes. week mm-hmm. um, because the, sh- the schedule shifts, especially when you have kids or if you have any kind of connection with academia, um, you know, this is kind of a shift. And uh, so people can make better choices. They can look at what habits aren't serving me anymore or... I really, something I'm working on is I want to do 20 minutes of nonfiction reading. And I keep thinking it's going to happen in the evening. It never happens. Mm-hmm. So I need to attach it to my morning routine, sure. right? Like, mm-hmm. I, and I know that. And as soon as the schedule shifts around, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's in, in two weeks when people go back to school, that's on the list already. So I know the habits that I've gotten rid of, and that's great, but I also know the ones that I might want to add in, and I have a plan for how to do that as well, to, to, to continue to educate me or learn about new things. As a side note, so you're talking about 20 minutes a day of reading and so and changing habits. So this year, I set out to read 60 books this year, and here it is, uh, first part of August, and I'm at 40. Great. And uh, and so what I've learned along the way is that there's more time to read once you get into a routine. And but I'm just as guilty as everybody else and get sidetracked. But uh, old habits die hard. Right. And so so when it comes to organizing with your clients, whether they're business related or in residential, like uh, like what's that learning curve? Have you ever noticed that? Establishing a good habit takes, they say, 21 days. So, you know, 21 repetitions at least. So three weeks. But you can start a bad habit in like a day and a half, right? Or you can derail your good habits on one long weekend of vacation and then you come back and like it's all just escaped your mind. Like poof, gone. Um, So uh, (laughs) it's... Hmm, it's very sad when that happens. So old habits dying hard. What I find is really helpful is um, if you've got something that does work, attach the new habit to something that does work. So I usually give the example of my coffee. I've never forgotten to drink a cup of coffee and the more... It just doesn't happen, right? I would never forget that. 100%. No, come on. But... um, I might forget to take my vitamins in the morning, right? So I did two things um, to establish that habit more strongly. One of them is I moved my vitamins physically to where I keep my coffee. So now as after I set up the same cabinet door, right? I open up and I grab my coffee stuff, pop in the Keurig. Um, that's also where my vitamins are. So I just grab that little tote and that's on the counter right next to my coffee. And while that first cup brews, I get that started. And the other thing that I do, so that's a kind of a a location attached routine, Um, but I also have a timer on my phone because I do well with uh, auditory reminders, right? So um, when we're talking about getting organized, you can ask the question, you know, what kind of a learner are you? What kind of um, reminders would help for you? 
you know, maybe you're a visual person and a post-it note would be helpful. Maybe you're an auditory person like me. And so that that chiming on my phone at 7.15 in the morning, and but I'm also a visual person, so it's the reminder of, don't forget to take your vitamins. Um, so having a couple different reinforcements and um, we can also decide what to do with the time that was allotted for the bad habit, right? So let's rededicate that. Maybe you took your 20 minutes of, I'm sure you're not a social media streamer or you know <laughs> scroller. I'm sure you're not, but maybe you took a 20 minutes of, maybe you just get up 20 minutes earlier and you do your reading then. Maybe you took 20 minutes of snoozing. I can't imagine you're a snoozer either though. Um, or hit, maybe, the, hit the snooze button. And then you read. Maybe you have the book right next to you too. So you could, again- I'm not that disciplined. What, I know, I know. You put it on Habits. top of the phone, maybe. Yes, right. um, but but so sometimes it's you're establishing a new habit, but you could also maybe that same amount of time you could swap it out with a new habit. So I listen to my podcasts in the car, in the car when I commute. I don't like to listen to things while I'm working. It's I find it distracting, and I, as a coach, I listen for hours mm -hmm. daily so that's kind of hard um so it was easy for me to swap out whatever i used to do as i drove with podcasts mm -hmm. to listen to the, the ep, EP podcast, podcast or yeah. the zmar i have been listening i have been listening to the zmar podcast too i appreciate that um, so um so like i said taking that established time and swapping it out with something new like if you're used to doing something in those 20 minutes then we dedicate it to something else and and I love the points that you bring up and and since we a lot a lot of the listeners on this podcast are more employer driven um, a, a lot of it translates over and so you brought up a couple things that can be translated or moved over so like what I've done I'm not a good habit with it but so I've actually set timers you know for reminders for emails because you could get drowned mm -hmm. right and so mm -hmm. I've also done it for meetings right even client meetings even though there's a personal relationship I'll set a timer because it could be three hour meeting and then all of a sudden and you're like, holy smokes, I got to go. And then the wife's yelling at you because you're not home in time to pick up the kids, right? And so um, so definitely habits and then also um, where things are strategically located, right? Mm -hmm. So I know people that never have a pen and they don't know where it's at. And so, yes, right? Yep. They, that And that's the simplest form, right? <laughs> There's so many meetings that I've been in and they can't find a pen. It's their office mm -hmm. and they can't find a pen. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and then uh, I had other topics we were, we were going to talk about, but um, I think we have to come back to another podcast. So I changed it because of, an, of your recent newsletter, and, um, what, and because and you were talking about some of it indirectly. But and I liked, and of course, it caught my attention uh, when you said landing uh, or landing and launch pads. I and and I was going to say the aviation world in me, right? And so, mm -hmm. but also it's a good way to describe some of the habits of the, the create, right? And so. And it could be as simple as, like you, you said, put, put things in certain spots so, like, you literally run into it, right? Mm -hmm. And so so that you have no other choice, right? right. Or, or uh, and it's strategically always in the same spot, right? And, or you have to modify things in order to make it work. I know people that had to get big, huge cheek, uh, key chains mm -hmm. so they didn't lose it. And they always put it in the same exact spot. There you go. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, always in the same spot every single time. Otherwise, um, they just misplace it. And yep. um, 
And if people could start doing that with their pens, they don't have to bump mine. And then they usually end up taking it. And so um, I don't usually, I've had cross pens taken from me. I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get disposable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, because that way if they take it, it's no big deal. And um, and maybe I'll be back and I'll take it back when it will be just like this little game, right? And so, um, (laughs) but um, I guess, uh, describe a little bit how you came up with landing and launch pad. And then, and then, um, what are some ideas not uh, in the workplace as well as at home? Because I know in your in your article you had talked about even um, you know like your coats in a certain spot, your keys. But maybe you have some other ideas that we could share with our audience. Absolutely. So you mentioned landing and launch pads. Yes. I love that. And there's actually um, something that I'll share a little later in this month on control centers or command centers. Doesn't it sound like it just, I just imagine like Star Trek, like, you know, like you've got the whole, the whole thing lined up there. Um, also of aviation in my, um, in my productivity uh, presentation, I talk about SIDS and stars. So your standard instrument departure, right? And then I'm, your I'm return. Guessing. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah. But there, one of D is departure and R is return. So the checklist, which you yes. mentioned in a recent podcast yes. too, um, you know, your checklist for, uh, you know, the, the two or three things that you have to have or you must do before you get on your way. Um, so the newsletter that I published this week, um, if you want to subscribe, peaceofmindpo.com. We'll include it in the show notes. Hop over there and there's a little drop down. Um, I send out a newsletter every Tuesday because it is the most productive day of the week. But we talked, so I talked about uh, having a really specific, small um it's what's in your pocket, right? So your essentials that you cannot leave the house without. Like I, I'm a woman. I get to carry a handbag. Nobody judges. Um, mine's a backpack. I also know that if I if I just need to fly out the door, it's my keys, it's my phone, it's my wallet, and it's my sunglasses. And I can get pretty far with that. Um, I can't even leave if I don't have those with me, though, right? I can't even get out of the garage. Um, So uh, it came up because my son is going off to college in the fall, one of them, and um, he is very reliant on that landing and launch pad, that those few things that, um, you know, if you don't have them, you, you can't go, you're, you're, you're done. Um, and he, he entered the word, the working world this summer. So he knows he needs to have his electronic time card. He's not going to clock in. He's not going to get paid if he doesn't have that. Um, so, you know, whatever that really small, short list of absolute essentials are, you know, find a nice basket, find a nice bowl. Um, we have a, you know, a little like shelf at the back door. Um, we have many people, who live in my house. We have a couple different cars, so the keys are all hung up there. Um, but you can do the same thing, same thing at work, absolutely. Um, so a lot of my work takes me into other people's homes and businesses. And from a safety standpoint too, I always have my keys and my cell phone on me, always. Um, so if there was ever an incident, if there was ever an emergency, if I ever needed to leave quickly, I absolutely could. And you know, I have my gear and my kit and things like that. But if I had to leave, those are the things that I need to have with me at all times. And so they're almost, they're always on my body. And because it's a podcast, you couldn't see my reference of um, where I clip my keys on my handbag all the time. 
that's that's just the habit. And so if anybody needs to know where my keys are, they know where they are too in the house. Um, so it, it's not a it's not a long list. We don't have to get over zealous and and, and assign a home for twenty different things. Um, but those very small it's a very small pile of items, but man, it's important. Um, and whatever that is for you, whatever that is for your business. I have a kit that lives in my car that's all the tools for my work, and it just lives in my car. I'm always prepared. I restock it once a week. Like, that's just, it would look bad if the organizer showed up disorganized. Yes. So, yes, yes, I never want to be late to things. Sure. Um, I, tech, I try not to be anyway, but yeah. So, I mean, I have everything I need in that kit to arrive to help my clients, um, and it just stays packed. It just it's always the same place and then it's ready. Right. So uh, there are specific things that you need to walk out the door with or go to the office space. And you had mentioned about things in your pocket as a reference. And, you know, when I was reading that article, I was thinking of uh, treasures and I thought my little boys. Right. And they always have treasures. Right. <laughs> and, and they're always putting things and it could be anywhere from coins to toys to dirty rocks and all <laughs> kinds of it could be. Um, all kinds of it could be insects worms yeah the, the list goes on mm -hmm. they're boys right mm -hmm. and so but when we translate through adulthood and business all of a sudden there's this like how much treasures do you really need mm. and so what's and, really a treasure yes what's really a treasure what's really needed right and so yeah. that's what i i thought when i and and in the years past and you and i've talked about this where you have this phrase that you say how much is enough mm. and how much is too much right and so because, you know, people want to prepare for the worst. And so they're like, what if I need this? What if I need that? Right. And so you got this survival kit that you built that you carry around and and you look at the last even some cases years. Right. And it's never been touched. Mm -hmm. So why do you need that? And then obviously this is probably more relatable in the personal life because um, because most of the time you get to know people personally. In the business world, you don't always get to know them personally, but you'll see habits and traits and all of a sudden things pop up that you start noticing. And the biggest example in the workplace is clutter on the desk. And so, and I used to be one of those, right? And so uh, I knew everywhere where, I knew everything where it was at all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I, of course I did, right? Of course you did. Until it was panic mode. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, it was right here. I swear, who moved it, right? And then you're mm -hmm. mad at the world because mm -hmm. somebody moved it because you knew for sure it was right there. And so, um, but it was a, it's a style work habit, right? And so there's so many people in the business world operate this way. The files are all over the floor. Their files are on the desk, right? And so, and of course we live in a world there is no files, right? It's electronic um, mm -hmm. and, or it should be. Um, some people still want to, uh, uh, we still have insurance agents that will do electronic applications with clients like employees and then they'll actually print them out mm -hmm. yes they'll actually print them out and they'll put it in a special folder now there's this in-between age group that they claim and i forget what there's a terminology because i'm not a millennial but i'm older than that but um that i'm still in between where yes i'm used to screen time but mm -hmm. at the same time i'm still old school so mm -hmm. you had pointed out and people didn't see it on the podcast but colleen was pointing out she printed out the notes for the show mm -hmm. and i actually print out articles um, instead of reading it on a screen and, or an email comes through and I tell you people type too many long emails and you're like, okay, print, I'm going to read this on, on my desk. I'm not going to read it on the screen, but back to, you know, people, um, 
uh, tend to have too much, right? And oh, so, sure. so what are some some ideas or or input you give to your clients about uh, about that um, phrase that you use all the time? How much is enough, and how much is too much, or when is it too much? I have to say, I always love it when people quote me back to me. That just cracks me up. Um, but I love that one, and I do. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I asked that, like as we were working on something. So, you know, how much is enough? How much is too much? Um, it comes up in people's closets with their pairs of jeans, but it also absolutely comes up from work. Uh, so I worked with um, a doctor uh, and this doctor was amazing. And this doctor really liked the visual of the journals, JAMA, right? So Journal of the AMA. This doctor really liked the, the, the image of it uh, above their desk. And I said, I don't want my doctor to be reading journals from 20 years ago. He hadn't thought about that at all. Like that had not entered in. He loved the visual of it. But I, I said, what could be better used for that space? Or what if there was just nothing there, right? What if there was less there? What if that, so how would that visual appeal to you? Or somebody sitting across the desk from you? Or, you know, so let's think about that. Um, so I usually talk about our workspace as beachfront property, right? So as long as you stick my feet in the sand, I'm okay. No, doesn't that sound great? Awesome. Actually, now that we say that, I actually have a picture of a beach above my desk. So I had not, I had not made that connection. That's kind of funny, um, but it is. It is like that is your very high price property, um, and so you want to know that the stuff that is in front of you in your workspace is the stuff that's going to feed your work today and tomorrow and next week. So um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to judge printing. I'm not going to. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but uh, knowing that, you know, piles are pooled energy, right? Piles are not action. Piles are not, you know, actively doing the client work or moving things along. Um, so we want to keep our papers or digital, right? We want to keep that active. Uh, we want to keep. We want to know we've done the work and then move it on to its next step. That's how. That's how money is made. That's how businesses run. Um, so when we think of the things that are pooling, if I was in somebody's workspace and kind of you know picked up file by file, it's very likely that those files are actually complete. That there's nothing more to be done with them. They just haven't made it to their final storage, right? And retention is important. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the insurance industry has a document retention policy, how long you have to keep those original applications and how long, um, you know, your, your dentist office has that. Okay, active files are 10 years. And then if we haven't seen those people and their teeth, then we put them into storage, you know. So, so every industry has that. Um, and, you know, we, it, if it's in a file cabinet, it doesn't mean that it's gone, gone, but it doesn't have to be in front of us. So um, you mentioned the, I knew where everything, I know where everything is. Yes, of course you did, right? And so do I, I get that. But what if we gave our brain a break and we gave our eyes a break and we didn't have a pool of things to look at? We only had the three or four things that we know we need to take care of today and tomorrow to look at. Oh, like that gives your brain. Imagine what else you could do with that energy, 
or that mental energy, like imagine, or just that space. So um, it's not to say that the work doesn't exist. You know, I'm not telling you to get rid of, I'm not telling anybody to get rid of anything, but you know, paper tends to represent an action. So yes, I did print up the one page of the email this morning, my my bullet point. So thank you for providing. Um, I like you very much. This is going away as soon as I get home and we're done. And that's okay. Um, so maintenance is very important as well. You know, you could have a four inch pile of paper on your desk and it re represents a phone call. Oh, well, why don't we just book the phone call? Just take care of it. Very often when we're going through stuff on the desk, I say to like grab a notebook. I have my notebook here in front of me. Um, it's a bullet journal. I love it. That's another mm -hmm. pod. That's another yes. topic for yes. another day. Yes. Um, but um and I made notes to follow up on. As I was say, bullet journaling is happening in the Chicagoland area here soon with a speaking event. I think in Aurora, you're speaking? Yes, it yeah. is. With, uh, with Mark. You know Mark from BNI. Oh, yes, yes. So, yeah, yeah he and I, he's, my, he's my yeah. team teach. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, so, so instead of having a four-inch paper file on my desk, what I could do is add the reminder to my, you know, uh, paper or digital to-do list, put a, a block for it on the calendar, you know, attach the task, um, and then part with the paper. So we actually act on the idea that the paper represents, oh, and then we can not have to see that big pile of stuff anymore, right? Mm, sure. But that, uh, and obviously people listening to this will say, well, that's in a perfect world, right? We're running a hundred <laughs> miles an hour. And so, right. It's it, not perfect. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm in a per yeah. And so we're running a hundred miles an hour. And I know one of the things that I started doing, this is going years ago because I still have the habit of, because I'm running too fast. I have that thing and I'll put it on the desk and I'm like, okay, either I'm done with it. I just didn't get to it or I'm putting it in another pile. And then it just starts building. There's been a few times I've taken my arm across the desk and just swiped it right to the floor. Literally, it all landed on the floor. And, and and yes, it created a mess, but then it forced me to reorganize because it's on the floor. I have to get out of the office, right? And so I have to step over it. And so it forces me to make decisions on things because I got to get it cleared up, right? And so you make decisions and then there's things that I realize that, you know, like, why do I still have this? Or uh, well, this is interesting. Oh, I'm glad I saw this. But like you said, transferred to something else that, you know, in that way, it's in one format, uh, not multiple formats. Mm -hmm. Right. And Absolutely. so, and um, so we get busy and things happen, but sometimes you just have to wipe the slate clean again. And, and I, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but I tell you, tell you, it's, it gives some pleasure of taking your arm and just clearing <laughs> the desk and put it right on the floor. It's like somebody should videotape it and put it on America's Funniest Videos or something. I have three things about what you just said. Uh, okay. Okay. So yeah, first of all, go. I can't tell you how many houses I've gone into and they look <clears throat> downcast yeah. and they go, come here. Yeah. And they open up a closet door and they had had people over yesterday or a week ago or a month ago. And what they did on the kitchen table or the dining room table or the kitchen counter is they took their arm and a bag or a basket, laundry baskets are very good for this. And they swept the whole darn thing in there and just said, you know what, after the party or after the dinner or whatever, I'll get back to it. Mm -hmm. Did I mention week, month, yes. year sometimes? Like, do they ever get back to it? So that should um, be a sign right there. You didn't need it. You didn't need it, right? Mm -hmm. The, they sent the bill again or, you know, whatever. Yes. No, we don't, we don't want to do that. Yes. That, that yeah, costs yeah, yeah, money. Yeah. But um, so I can't tell you how many people have done that. I love that. <laughs> um, and I love the image of you swiping it 
off there um, because you wanted the clean slate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, applause to you, pat on the back. You actually did something with the pile on the floor. Oh. So many people would just be like, oh, look at this lovely new desk. Yes, okay, I'm good. And they would just ignore. Holy smoke. Yeah. yeah. See? So, yay you, yeah. right? I would think that you still got to go across the pile. I guess some people would step over it. but And know, continue right. and add to it and continue. Um, but what you did is you made... You made a conscious decision to say, this is not as important as I think it is, as I have thought it is. Mm -hmm. Today, I realize that this is not as important. So I'm going to push it off onto the floor or you could bundle it up and take it somewhere else or you could actually sit there and do it. But you made you you had that awareness. You made that decision of, you know what? No, this is this is enough. How much is enough and how much is too much? This is officially too much. And some of it's got to go. Maintenance is the answer to so many things. So I said that um, when I'm done here, yes, this will go. It'll go in the recycling bin. And I have a shredder right next to me. Um, my husband has a shredder. We have two shredders. Doesn't every house need two shredders? Yeah, of course. Probably right? not. Yes. <laughs> but that's a maintenance That's right. Thing. I, got a sh- I got a shred bin. It just goes right in the bin. It's locked up, so I can't get it back Perfect. in Perfect. Yes. No, that's great. And then the, like somebody will come and take that away and buy the... It's a beautiful thing. Um, but maintenance is so important. So I mentioned like the four-inch file or the pile of files on the desk. You know, if the work is done, if the work is completed, then send it on to its final destination, Right. And then every couple of years, every couple of months, however you want to do that, set up to go through and go, okay, this is now expired. I don't need any of this anymore because it's completed, done, whew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and put it in the shred bin, right? So we need to factor in that whole maintenance point por- par- portion too. Otherwise, the piles just keep mm-hmm. growing sure. and growing and growing. So. <laughs> If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. So um, since, uh, you know, what I do for a living is insurance, right? And yes. so I'm going to tie some of this back to insurance. And the biggest, I know I put a couple things, but I'm just going to focus on one of them. Um, and because it relates to not only the business world, uh, but most people that listen to this podcast or and just people in general have medical claims at some point, right? And so mm-hmm. um, I probably spend more time than I could ever admit assisting people with mm-hmm. this. And, of course. And they never have all the information. And so, and they're like, <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm supposed to have that? And I'm like, oh. so... So I'm hoping you have some tips and tricks. Uh, I know I try to share some with my clients. Um, Some, you know, are learning as they go through the process. Some of them never heard of an explanation of benefits. Um, They always go by the invoice, which 
um, more and more people are finding out is that the invoice may not be accurate. And mm-hmm. so therefore, and then even just be, and because you have insurance, everything needs to be processed through the insurance. Therefore, it needs to be counted for. And then um, but but other than that, sometimes when people are going through some really heavy claims and they're going through a period of time, some of that not only being overwhelming because of whatever the situation's going on, but what are some tips as those claims are starting to come through? How to how to keep that organized? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Now, I have to say, you said I didn't need to know anything about insurance no. to come on your uh, podcast today, <laughs> no. but um, that's uh, no, okay. It's that's okay. It's like receipts, right? It is paper, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> It's energy. <laughs> it is energy. Um, EOBs, yeah. my right. gosh. If insurance companies ever stop sending out EOBs, my job would be halfway done in a lot of people's homes. I can't tell you how many of those I open. Um, so a couple things that you pointed out though, were if you have a current situation, right? So there are different times in our lives that absolutely generate more paper than others, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I've, um, I have clients that are attorneys and we all know that if we have a legal something or we're in a car accident, you know, you've got the medical and the actual, you know, auto insurance, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Yes, sometimes there are instances that generate a lot more paper. Ugh, and it's so frustrating. Um, so and confusing. It I is mean, confusing. Some of them are actually insurance companies are now emailing mm-hmm. and the notification and sending it to you. Yeah. So it's like, okay, is, is this, this the same? same? As yes. The, wait, did yeah. they already say yeah. this? Do I already know yeah. this, or am I freaking out about yeah. something else again? Yeah. Um, Why am so, I being double billed? I know, right? <laughs> um, first things first, take a deep before you start opening all that stuff Mm -hmm. up um a couple different ways to think about it there's basics right so a couple different ways to organize um paper right this is this is like organizing 101 so we could do it alphabetically we could do it chronologically honestly with medical billing it's got to be chronological Mm -hmm. um because i i open people i open people's mail for them Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. Um, with their permission, of course. With their permission, of course. I yes. know that sounds really weird when yeah, I say yeah, that yes, out loud. Yes, yes. Um, but I do, and they're usually right there next to me. And so very often we'll get duplicates. Yeah. And I mean, years of conversations. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and sometimes they're not saying anything new. So we need to do it chronologically because otherwise we think that DuPage Medical has sent us 17 bills and we owe $120 on all of them. Yes. And then you look at the account number and the date of service and you're like, oh, this is just saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. And they just send it every month. Um, so, you know, an EOB is important because it is, I'm telling this to insurance people. Uh, yeah. They know what an EOB is. But, but it's a conversation, right? Yes, yes. So an EOB is, all it is, yes. is saying that the insurance company talked to the provider. That's all. It's it's just a record of the communication. Um, so there also can come a point where, let's imagine that we're past that, and it's been a year since my surgery or since yeah. that whatever. Um, they also expire. And that's where that maintenance thing comes in. So once we know that a situation, a claim is complete, we know that, you know, so EOBs, do I need to keep them from 2017? No, no I don't. But you can talk to your insurance uh, expert say most about of, that. Yeah, I was going to say most of them are electronic now. Expert, they yes. are, right? And, and that's nice. And you bring up, well, at least my train of thought was headed when you were starting to talk about that mm-hmm. is sometimes providers don't bill until 12 months later. Mm-hmm. 
because they're human too. They were disorganized yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, they bill and then you're like, what is this, right? Right. And so you always need to cross-reference it. Absolutely. And so uh, what are some ideas that you could provide where, where because obviously you get a little confusing, but like, I don't know if you recommend using Excel or, or do you just use the pile method until... Until I, and in some ways I do that because we don't have, I mean, we have four boys. I mean, every 18 months or so we're in an emergency room or something's going on. And so we don't have a ton, but, but I usually take the explanation of benefits and put the receipt or the billing on top Mm -hmm. of it. And then when they accumulate or when I get the second billing, because the providers are usually generous. Yeah. You always wait. Because things get reconciled or delayed. We had a $1,200 bill that kept showing up, showing up, showing up. And then finally at a time the column and because it didn't match the explanation of benefits mm-hmm. and they're like hold on and then they come back 10 minutes later and they're like there was a billing mistake you don't owe anything you're like oh why yeah, thank yeah, you yeah, i yes, like those yes, kinds of phone right, calls right, yes right, that's right. why we have insurance isn't that's that right. wonderful yes. absolutely but, but i was just curious um because my method may not work for those who are in high uh, high claims but um do you like do you recommend software do you recommend like just excel or is there a different there's fellow organizers that specialize in oh. medical billing wow um or uh daily money managers like sure. there's so again you can go to the napo website and look that up but it would be like organizing anything else um but it is kind of nice to know that it's finite mm-hmm. right so there will come a point where that specific particular bill or that specific particular instance hospitalization er visit there are a lot of boys represented in this room right my three sons <laughs> yeah. your four sons yes. right like there's a lot of yeah i totally get that um we know how that goes yes, yes for sure <laughs> every time we turn around there's yes. always something i like the spreadsheet idea um that uh you could attach the date and and like what what the instance is so let's say you did have surgery um or somebody had surgery so you know there's the anesthesia there's the actual hospitalization there's the surgeon there's like all those different parts of it and so an eob may come and that's just the conversation with the anesthesiologist or that's just the conversation with um, with the surgeon or that's the the labs that you needed to do before you went in right so um honestly the sit and wait a little bit is actually really good advice um keeping everything together is also really good advice so the fact that you were like just kind of clipping it all together and and holding on to it um i am never going to advocate for piles okay so what i would suggest is turning you can't see my hands but turning your files and your piles into a file and what i mean by that is if you know that you have current um claims or um you know and you could do this as the insurance agent as well so you know when you turn things from a pile into a file it's a hanging folder it could be just a holder on your desk for your important things and you just add to it when that stuff comes. And so I don't want, I hope your insurance people don't mind this, but I don't want it to be a full-time job, right? So I don't recommend people open their mail every day. I open that, I recommend that they open it maybe like once or twice a week. Cause honestly, there's not a lot that comes that needs taken care of right away. Especially with technology these days. Right, you know? so they, you said you've got the email and the, the, in, the in-paper EOB. So, um, so doing that and kind of accumulating them all together so when it's time to sit down and kind of spread them around on the dining room table and 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 make sense of it they're all together um we don't want to find you know stashes of mail 
on the dining room table, on the kitchen counter. I can't even tell you all the different places that I find mail. <laughs> My gosh, right? So I found a passport and a $100 check, like in the same pile as, you know, receipts from Jewel from sure. 2017 wow. and, you know, some dirty tissues. You're mm-hmm. like, wait, how is this? No, no. One step at a time. One step at a time. But yeah, having a home for that stuff and honestly just kind of tossing stuff into that that holder. that And then don't don't just keep throwing it in there, but block out the time. So, you know, if you've got that active claim right now and and once you're feeling better, you know, if you were the one who was sick or you were the one having surgery or something like that, when you're starting to feel a little better, then kind of pull all that stuff out and start to open it, open it all up, get rid of the envelopes and um, and put it in, you know, chronological order and 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 just kind of figure out what's there and then maybe make note of what the conversations back and forth with on the EOBs were. Um, so yeah, we don't want it to be a full-time job, but honestly, shuffling papers can feel like a full-time job. For sure, for um, sure. When you've got, when you're the one with the claim. Um, so yeah, that's an idea for for us personally, for us in business, you know, having a place to capture that stuff so when it comes time to actually do it, it's all together. It's really, really helpful. Yeah, well, this has um, definitely been great. Speaking of time blocking, thanks for taking the time to block out for this um, podcast uh, recording. If somebody was interested in hearing about more of the events that you have, oh, where would they go? absolutely. So thank you for that. Um, so I do have a website, Peace of Mind. Uh, my company is Peace of Mind Professional Organizing LLC. So peaceofmindpo.com. And under the um, presentations uh, tab is all of my uh, upcoming presentations. I actually was just asked by the Evergreen Park Public Library to do one on productivity this fall. That's an email that I need to answer. That was uh, last night. Um, But I have a number of different presentations. And there's also a number of presentations that aren't on there because they're for private groups. And you're you're pretty popular. If someone's going to book you, you. (laughs) it it almost looks like it was 2023 booking. It is, yeah. I've got... I think my latest, uh, so this is August. I've got one in April of 2023. Well, so there you go. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. High demand. It's awesome. I love uh, the speaking is great because I can go out and meet people and that's really oh, yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. I'm definitely engaging. But it's all uh, it's all right there on my website. You can reach out to me. You can ask me questions. I have over 400 articles on organizing out there. Um, so it all just lives at peaceofmindpo.com. Yeah, definitely. And then sign up for our newsletter. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun.